You're listening to Two Guys, One Internet, a Dylan Wallace and Sean Harkins podcast. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get the juices flowing. Let me take a drink of beer. Yeah. All right. All right, we are back to guys one internet with episode some number. Um, we we kind of left off a while ago and uh, starting it back up. It's probably mostly my fault with being busy and just not getting shit done to to get some of the banked material out. Um, but I'm Dylan Wallace and I got Sean here with me. Sean, tell the people hello. Hello. Sean, are you mad at me? No. Why would I be? <laughs> well, I kind of, like I said, I think it's kind of my fault that it's been a while since we did one of these, and uh, and uh, I feel bad. Oh, I don't think you should. It's a, uh, like I've told you before, it's a no-stress thing, so doesn't happen, doesn't happen. Uh, we're not, we don't care about our fans. We've never said that we did. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> or a fan, depending on depending on how many people. Yeah, uh, right. That guy. Yeah, that those few people are probably pissed off. They're probably waiting anxiously by their podcast notifications, waiting for that that next number episode to pop yeah. up, and it just, it it's just a, hasn't. It's a big day for them. It is. When this, whenever this drops, maybe it's in three months from now. <laughs> they're like, "Holy shit." They're back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is February first, twenty nineteen. <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> I, I don't need to go back to February. The uh, so we got some things we want to talk about tonight. Namely, I want to talk about the golf outing that we do. Um, we can save that for a little bit later because that's that's coming up on on Saturday, June eighth. And uh, and that's why I don't want to go back to February because I got too much shit in my office that I need to get rid of, and I don't need it there for another few more months. Um, but what do you, anything you want to talk about to get us going here, Sean? Um, I mean nothing in particular necessarily. I'm uh, we're both watching Game Three of the NBA Finals right now, and uh, Toronto's up by eleven in the third. But uh, this is a little bit of a uh, tangent but for the first time in a long time i just saw one of those Charmin bears commercials <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about yeah the one with like with the bear walks out and it's got toilet paper stuck to its caboose oh my god what a whose idea was that uh it's i mean marijuana is legal man that's <laughs> right and the one i so then i had to look look up the the one uh the one that comes to mind, at least the one I remember, the Charmin Bears commercial that I remember, where they call the kids Skids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one Bears nickname is Skids. And the commercial starts, and uh, it's like five kids hanging out, like kid bears, I guess. Cubs, I suppose. And <laughs> one of them comes out, he's like, man, that new toilet paper is so great. It's like using using a washcloth. <laughs> 
if one of your kids said that to you, wouldn't you immediately be like, where are the washcloths? And like, <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, Hudson, what did you do? Yeah. The commercials are horrifying, really, but there's just kind of like this happy gleam to it. But anyway, so I just remember the Charmin Bears exist. That's pretty much what's new in my life right now. <laughs> the uh, Have you ever used a washcloth? No, I don't think so. I No, I don't think so. In a, in a moment of extreme desperation, there's no toilet paper. All that's in reach is the washcloth you used from that morning. To, to Yeah, like, it's justifiable in that one instance. Uh, it's just never happened to me, I guess. Oh, here's a charm commercial just came on again. The, uh, well, at least in Alpine, I don't know what kind of commercial. Oh, yeah, just started for me too. <laughs> Great, excellent. Yeah. Uh, right on cue. The, uh, have you watched much? Have you watched the other games in this series? Um, I watched um, a, a lot of game two, and I didn't see really any of game one. Yeah, I'm the, uh, the same boat. Um, but uh, it's going to be impressive if Golden State can come out with with a win tonight. Um, I mean, missing both Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, um, it's uh, I mean, Curry's going to have to score like. 80 for them to for them to pull it out but they're only down eight now after curry just hit a three so yeah anything can happen yeah oh do you have a rooting interest um i like watching golden state play um i mean i'm not really a i like to root for the underdog and things and they're i mean they're kind of the underdog with the injuries but they've been a so dominant for so long it kind of makes me want to root against them but i like watching that style because it's it's fun it's exciting um i like watching stuff play um otherwise toronto is toronto <laughs> i mean cowie's like that that uh that superstar that's not likable um i don't i don't care for him and they got drake that's that's not really my. I mean, I I look at it and I and I think, how the hell did Jimmy become Drake? <laughs> right, and now he's like standing up at basketball games, yelling at yelling at professional basketball players, and I'm like, Jimmy, Jimmy, go back to your wheelchair. <laughs> what was his was his name? Jimmy Brooks on the show? Yeah, I think that's right. I was going to say Jimmy Buckets, but that'd be a little bit too. <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. Maybe that was his nickname. <laughs> That's a Degrassi reference. I don't know if we mentioned that. So if people are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, it's, it is funny, though, because he takes himself so seriously. And he's, you know, I guess this big superstar and supposedly a cool guy. But he was on this, like, really dorky, cheesy teen show in Canada. What Golden State should do, like they're they're uh, um, put on the put on the big screen, just some old episode of Degrassi, <laughs> where where Drake gets shot and just keep playing that over and over again, like as part of their like warm up. I bet there's a ton of Toronto fans though who don't like him either. <laughs> probably, they probably <laughs> think he's a jinx. They're like, why is he rooting for us? Well, and he's got those tattoos, the Steph and KD, yeah. Yeah, he was wearing that black armband to cover up the numbers. <laughs> right. Uh, poor Drake. 
yeah, of course. That the I mean the big story coming out of game two was Toronto running that box and one defense. Did you did you see that part of the game where they were running that? No, or I like wasn't paying attention, I guess, but I I hadn't read about that. Well, I mean, you never see a box and one played in the NBA. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a high school thing. It is a high school thing because I mean, the NBA usually everybody can make an open shot. That's why they're in the NBA. That's why they're professional basketball players. Yeah. And but the I mean, Toronto put the one on on Steph, and they were running a box zone around that. Held Golden State scoreless for like six minutes. They were zero for six from the field, and and uh, it was working. It was. I think they're probably just shocked that it was happening. But I remember in high school running that against. I think it was like Tosky had one outstanding kid, so we would run a box and one just to just to try to lock up that kid. But then in high school, you run into a, a team where they can't make open shots. And so you're like, I'll let, I'll let that, I'll let that jackass take an open look rather than giving this guy an opportunity. Right. That jackass. And that jackass. I'm, I'm in golf outing mode, so I'm a little bit on the squirrely side. <laughs> All right. I like that. Yeah. Who you, who you got rooting interest? Um, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Toronto win just because I, I, don't even know if I can fully explain it. Just like you like to see uh, Golden State. I mean, you make a good point about their the guys who are out, but they're definitely the empire right now, you know? Right. So, yeah. but I don't really care a whole lot either way, truthfully. Yeah, me neither. The uh, I'm just glad it's not Boston or Philadelphia. I don't like either of those teams. Yeah, that's maybe that's a good segue into the Stanley Cup Finals because Jesus, you got to root for St. Louis or Boston. I know what it what it what is canceling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually been a a fun finals to watch, like from a hockey perspective, but from a rooting interest, I mean, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't. I I went into game one not knowing who. Who I would root for, and then I was like, I can't root for Boston. I don't know, something about it is just it feels too wrong. Yeah, it's, saying that about so too. So, well, and especially with the Wings moving back into the back into the Eastern Conference, I mean, it's you can't be a Wings fan and root for Boston. Yeah, it it feels that way. It felt that way after Game One. The uh, we. What's that? Is that what's that series set at right now? Uh, two two. What I thought. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been an uh, an exciting series to to watch though. I mean, there've been some. There's that one game was like seven to two or something, just a just a a crazy yeah. just a crazy scoring game, and then and then the and then the Blues came marching right back. O'Reilly had. That goal that right after faceoff, like it, within a matter of seconds, they they scored the opening goal of, the, of of that following game, and and then came back and won that game. Yeah, was that the overtime game? Was that the yeah yeah yeah? So. Yeah, it's been a good, it's been a pretty good series. It's been a really crazy playoffs. I mean, totally 
nuts. Tampa, get, Tampa getting swept in the first round, and Washington went out in the first round. Penguins went out in the first round. I, I don't mind Tampa Bay going out in the first round because it just got us our, our news we've been waiting for a whole lot earlier. That's true. And uh, I was, but I was surprised about Kenny Holland going to Ottawa as quickly as that happened. Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton, that's right. Yeah, that I was surprised by that too because everybody kind of figured he'd be the guy to go to Seattle. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's like good for him. Uh, it, that's the job he still wants to do, apparently. And I mean, he handled it pretty gracefully, if if that's the case. And you know, that job wasn't there for him in Detroit anymore. And then I think he'll, I think he'll do a, a pretty good job. He's already gotten rid of uh, some guys who, like Edmonton fans, are always complaining that it's like they just have these guys from the '80s who run the team, but they don't know how to run a team. They were just like players in the '80s. And uh, he's gotten he's kind of cleaned house over there already, so I think he'll do a pretty good job. But yeah, I'm surprised by that. I think he will too. I, I think the surprising thing to me was that he he uh, I mean he conceded to say, okay, that it's got to be Steve Eiserman's time. I'm going to take this other. I'm going to transition into this other role, and I'm going to I'm going to accept that. I'm happy with that. I'm ready to move on. And then like 24 hours later. Nah, I'm out. I'm going to Edmonton. <laughs> I, I had enough of this non-GM role. I'm I'm good. I'm thanks for that though. But I think that's what was shocking to me is just how quickly it was. Uh, right. But I, you got to give him a whole heck of a lot of credit. I mean, he 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 saw it that Steve Eiserman is ready to come back. Um, he he's had a great Kenny Holland's had a great run Detroit. Um, I mean, it was, I think it was the right time and he didn't stand in the way of that at all. Uh, I mean, that's, I got to give him a lot of credit for just acknowledging that and, and being able to help facilitate that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that was when Iserman left that I guess was kind of the story is like Holland wasn't ready to, to totally step aside and, uh, and his tough as it was to see Eiserman go it's like you I, you kind of understand that I mean the guy won Stanley Cups there and everything and uh, he wasn't ready to just be done with it um so yeah I, I and and I also think there's been some uh, pushback on uh if, you know people reflecting on him leaving and then some people saying well he wasn't really that great it was just like Illich bought all these guys and I mean, he won. He won a Stanley Cup in the salary cap era, and uh, he, you know, he didn't have draft picks, and he made the most of it, uh, or or he had really late draft picks, and he found guys to, you know, fill the roles that he needed. Um, I'll be the first to admit, if he would have got fired in like 2011 to 2014, like somewhere in that range, I would have been completely fine with that. Uh, but then even after that, I think he really rebounded nicely on starting the rebuild. I mean, drafting Larkin, uh, Zadina, Mantha, Bertuzzi. He's, I think he's done a pretty good job. I think, yeah, I agree. I think he's done a good job of getting some, some <clears throat> young talent that can help right away. I mean, he had in guys like double a and, and, uh, 
um, even guys like Nyquist and Tatar who aren't with the team any longer, but they were able to transition those into other assets. Um, he's done a good job setting up Iserman to, to make some moves to get him back to being competitive. Yeah. So I'll be watching how, what he's doing in, in Edmonton. Cause I, and I think a lot of, uh, hockey fans will because they've got McDavid and I, I think a lot of people who just like watching him who are just fans of the game it's like uh kind of kind of feel like they're they're wasting him out there he's like a generational yeah. talent and he's just playing with like AHL guys more or less right yeah that was the biggest thing that I heard is that they're finally tried to get some use out of get some people around McDavid so they can make better use out of him yeah, so there'll be people rooting for Kenny out there, I think. He's from that area too, isn't he? I think he's from um, – I'm not actually sure, but like British Columbia, I think. Okay. Which is, I think, why there was a lot of talk about him going to Seattle because it's kind of close. Right. So. All right. Well, what else you got? Uh not a whole lot. I mean, I, I really want to touch on the Sherman Bears. We got through that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Nothing, nothing off the top of my head. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's tons of things that um, have come and gone since we last talked. But I know, right? Uh, the uh, we got we got the golf outing on Saturday. I mean, we might as well just jump right into that. The uh, so we we do the the golf outing every year, memory of my old man, and uh, it's become quite the quite the party. We last year we maxed out, so maxing out means thirty two teams, one hundred twenty eight golfers. We maxed out the week of the outing. This year we maxed out a month ago. Oh, nice! Yeah, and uh, it's, and then we've got people on the wait list. I had. I had somebody email me over last weekend saying, "Hey, me and my spouse wanna wanna play in the golf outing this upcoming weekend. We don't got we don't got four of us, just the two of us. I hope that's not going to be a problem. And uh, and let me know if that'll work. And I'm, then I email her back and said, "Well, it's not a problem for me, but it's a problem for you because we've been maxed out for a month now." And uh, I can put you on the wait list in case people back out, but we're uh, in high demand right now. So it's, it's good. And, and I think we're doing that because we do a lot of fun shit. Um, people appreciate that. We just, it's a party is what it is on the golf course. And, and I'm uh, looking forward to looking forward to getting the party started here as, as the weekend gets closer. Yeah, that's exciting. You haven't been you haven't been back for it before, have you? So you, you yeah. really... It never it, it just kind of never worked out that way. Yeah, the, so you don't necessarily have the have the the feel for what it's what it's like in terms in terms of like an experience. What I what I tell people is that it's basically everything that I wanted to do on a golf course, but you couldn't because of the. I mean, the, you think of the the kind of stuffy rules when you think about golf uh, wearing my polo and my, and my right. button up shirt and and uh and we just do we got contests and games on every hole 
Um, for example, like I, we, we have a contest that I call the daily drive after John Daly, where it's the longest drive off of a beer can. So you're using the beer can as a tee and whoever hits the longest drive wins a prize. And then we got, I mean, we got sweet ass prizes like on that one, it's a Traeger grill. So you hit the longest drive, you win, you win a sweet grill. Oh, nice. We have a, a contest where it's the longest club throw. So, I mean, if you hit a, hit a bad shot, you're pissed and you want to throw your club, but you're not supposed to throw your clubs in golf, so, <laughs> but here you can, you can chuck your club and the longest, whoever throws their club, the furthest is, is winning a $200 gift card to golf galaxy. So, I mean, we, we got some, we got some killer prizes and a lot of, a lot of fun contests. Um, and then there's always a lot of beer to be drank. Um, so it's, that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. What, what's the drink of choice out there? Uh, well, we, it's shotgun started at 10 and, uh, me and a buddy, Nick Stefan, who was on the podcast with us, friend of the show, friend of the show, the, uh, he helps me with the putting signs out. So we're out at the course by say six in the morning and, <laughs> and putting, putting this, putting the signs out. Um, for each hole, for all our different hole sponsors and for the contests and getting everything set up. And uh, so we roll in and, and it takes probably about an hour to get all that stuff together, maybe a little bit longer because you're driving the entirety of the 18 hole course, getting, getting things set up. And so we get back to the course. The first thing that you got to have that early in the morning is a Bloody Mary. Okay. So that's how, so, I mean, that's how, that's how the day starts. And then it and then it goes uphill from there. We, I mean, usually get two a couple bloodies, and then and then uh, I'm a butt heavy guy, so I try to stick to what I know and drink drinks. But but on but on golf outing day, light beers go well because you're out there for I don't know you're golfing from ten to three, so a lot of beers can be consumed over a five hour period of time, and then if if you're me, you gotta you gotta turn around and announce all the winners and do the presentation afterwards. The first the first year I was I was a little bit more in the bag than I wanted to be for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the next year I had somebody else do the do the announcement thinking, well, I didn't like being totally inebriated and then but then I didn't like watching it either. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to find a find a compromise here and just be pretty well buzzed and, and take care of it. Perfect. Oh yeah. It's good. And then with having 32 teams you're doubled up on most holes. So like, like this year, um, I got, uh, the wingers always come over from Wisconsin and South Dakota. Dan and his buddy Jason are driving up their Harleys over from, from rapid city, South Dakota. And, and Dan's done that for the last few years. And so that, that group and, and my group, which me and a couple of cousins, we're going to start on number one together. And then we got a floater who's going to be joining us. And I'm probably be the, the beer fetcher. Um, but it, it's a party right from hole number one. Sounds like it. Yeah, the uh, we got we got the air cannons back again this year too. You know, have you ever 
shoot a potato gun. I'm sure you have, being from northeastern Michigan. <laughs> I have, in fact, yes. The uh, so the air so the air cannon is essentially a potato gun. Yeah, <laughs> you're on uh, on number five. It's fairly straight uh, at, out at River's Edge. You sh- you shoot the golf ball from the tee using the air cannon. It it goes an easy 320. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you hit the green on that par four and, uh, and it's, it is awesome. I mean, there's, you got, you got to shoot a golf ball with, with an air cannon. There's no other, I mean, you can't appropriately describe it. I, I thought, Hey, this is a pretty cool idea. Let's add some cannons to the, to the golf outing. And last year was the first year we did it. And then I, and then I shot it and I was like, Oh, we gotta have this every goddamn year. This is <laughs> this is awesome. So, is that your favorite thing? Uh no. I, I think my favorite thing is is I like hitting the ball off of different things. So, like, <laughs> so so just go through the contest real quick, and if it gets boring, let me know. But I'm gonna try to try to do it quickly. So, like, number one is the straightest drive contest. That's sponsored by the Mueller's. They're from from Germany, long family friends. The prize on that is a decorative beer stein. You, I mean, you've been down in the, my, the downstairs with my parents on my on on the house I'm in now. You, you remember seeing all like the decorative beer steins my dad had? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the that's the concept is doing things that he he enjoyed, he liked, and so like it's it's a hundred dollar German beer stein is the prize along with with a a, a pair of boots from you, you know the the das boot from beer fest when they're so a, a couple drinking boots so you can have a contest and then some german beers um two is that club throw three is a hole in one for a, a chevy cruise um, from cliff Anschutz. Um number four is is the hole that my office sponsors that's i call it the home run challenge it's the longest drive with a baseball bat so you're setting up, you're setting up on a baseball tee, and then you're you're driving the ball with a wooden baseball bat. Five is the uh, is the air cannon contest. Six is then this one's a new one, and uh, it's the longest drive while wearing hockey gloves. Oh, okay. so we're gonna, so we're gonna see how that how that goes. <laughs> that'll be that'll be interesting. And I haven't even te- I haven't tested this one out. Usually, I test out these new ones before we put them into into operation, like the baseball bat and the off the beer can. But but uh, we're just gonna roll with it. Um, number seven is a ring of cash where the golfers make a bet, and if they it's a par three, so if they put the ball within a, within a ring around the hole, they double their money. If they're on the green, they keep their money. If they're off the green. Which I'll be off the green. It'll 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 go to the cause. The what I like most about that hole is who's sponsoring it. I got a financial advisor and a personal injury attorney sponsoring the ring of cash hole. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, eight is play everything with a five iron or a five wood. We call it fives, um, and uh, that's sponsored by the the people who do our promotional stuff like omega does all my signs omega electric sign company um and i got uh remember cory code from school yeah 
he's got a business called Harborside Tent. He he did a bunch of uh, vehicle uh, decals for me with the with the golf outing logos on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, they turned out really well. And then uh, Family Enterprises does a lot of printing materials. They did they did koozies for us. And then uh, and then I I bought whoopee cushions from them too. And on the whoopee cushion, I got that this is a I I like this. I there's a picture of my mom pulling my dad's finger, you know, pull my finger and then and then rip a rip a fart. The uh, so that was captured on camera probably by my sister. And so Chelsea sent me a bunch of items that we could do, and one of them was the whoopee cushion. I said, hey. Let's do the whoopee cushion. Let's do that picture of mom pulling dad's finger, the silhouetted out, and have that imprinted on the whoopee cushion with, with uh, make it a two cheeker underneath, because that's what my dad always said with when he hit a big drive. He'd say, "Oh, I got both cheeks into that one," so we're calling it two cheeker. And what better way to do a two cheeker than ripping a big fart and that <laughs> and that, that little fart joke? So it's 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 it all lines up. Um, <laughs> Nine, nine is the longest drive with, uh, of a marshmallow. So you're hitting a marshmallow off a tee and seeing how far you can hit it instead of a golf ball. Um, that's sponsored by the Dollies, more longtime family friends, and and the prize on that is a Yeti cooler. Oh, the yeah, yeah, we did gave away a, a Yeti cooler last year too from Pathfinder on the on the Tiger Woods club throw. Um, Number ten is the Las Vegas hole, where you you uh, um, <clears throat> sponsored by Buster Company, and then before you, you, you everybody tees off uh, in in succession. However, they're you're gonna, they're going to tee off, and then you roll a dice to see which tee shot you're going to take because it's a scramble, so you're only going to play one of the balls. Usually, you pick the best one, but that's where the the dice comes in. And then if you roll a five, you get to pick. If you roll a six, the dealer gets to pick. The key is in Vegas, money rules all. So regardless of what you roll, if you bet the, the dealer enough, you can use whatever shot you want, essentially. And all that money goes to the goes to the cause. Eleven's hmm. that daily drive off the beer can. Twelve is the closest to the pin contest, sponsored by my cousin, uh, Andy Roscoe, who's an ENT. And he's giving away a Scotty Cameron putter, which probably doesn't mean anything to you, but that's a badass putter. It's like a $400 putter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 13 is a Happy Gilmore-themed hole. So when I said, you jackass, that's kind of what I was referencing when I'm in when I'm in golf outing mode. Uh, <laughs> so, you, so you tee off with the traditional Happy Gilmore drive where you run up to the ball, take a swing at it. Um and then and then ride the ride the pony around the the uh, the tee box there, um, and then putt with a hockey stick putter that uh, Buddy Eric Granada put together. It's so just shit that I've always wanted to do. Essentially, <laughs> Four, 14's hole in one for ten thousand dollars. Fifteen is the longest putt contest by Real Estate One. Uh, 16 is a selfie contest. So I got a picture of dad out on the course riding his Harley. Golfers are, are asked to take a picture of themselves with dad and then post it to 
Facebook using the hashtag JW Memorial, and then they're entered for to win a prize. 17, you play the whole hole using uh, junior clubs, so kick clubs. And then 18 is a traditional longest drive contest, but we call it the both cheeks longest drive contest. It's with that whole two cheeker thing. Um, trying to get trying to get both of the both of those butt cheeks into a drive. <laughs> and then we got and then we got the king of the course challenge, which is probably I, I said the hitting the ball off of different things is my favorite, but I like the my favorite thing is the is the is the king of the course contest. With that one, each team gets a purple ball, and each player plays a purple ball for the entirety of the hole. So let's say I'm player one. I play that purple ball on hole one. Player two plays it on two, three, on three, four, on four, and then I play it again on five. The key is to not lose that purple ball. Um, so sometimes it's hard enough to find a white ball while you're playing out there. It's it it's even it's damn near impossible sometimes to find that purple ball. So it's, it becomes a, a treasure The the, the goal is if you don't lose your purple ball, it gets entered into a drawing at the end. It goes into a purple bag, a crown bag. And if your ball gets pulled out, each, uh, each golfer on that team wins a, a pint of crown, which is one of dad's favorite beverages. <laughs> and, and mine as well but I've, I've been lucky enough not to win any crown because i would consume it following the golf outing and i'd be in no shape to start drinking crown at that point of the day right but yeah i mean that's that's the golf outing in a nutshell and taking away the yeah adding in a bunch of drinking and pictures and videos and yelling and obscenities and <laughs> everything else so you said the air cannon goes about 320 yeah what's uh what's what's the best people are getting with the uh baseball bat um maybe about 200 okay oh okay 225. how far does that marshmallow go oh probably about like 20 yards Okay, <laughs> that's probably about as, that's probably maybe further than I thought even. Yeah, and the uh, and people doctor the marshmallows, so they put like golf tees in it and trying to trying to weigh it down to get it to travel farther. Okay, so it's like no holds barred marshmallow golf. Yeah, it's been it's been that way. A bunch <laughs> of cheaters. The, uh, so the cheaters win though, huh? Say that again. The the cheaters win, though. They do, but we all know in the end they'll get what's coming to them. <laughs> well, I guess it's partly about innovation, then. It is. We we don't um, we uh, like to motivate creativity as part of this golf outing. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I was going to, oh, maybe three or four years ago, I talked about implementing the aluminum challenge so by taking like the number of of beer cans that you bring back with you and like and like having some ratio like if you bring back 12 beer cans that'll be three strokes off of your score or something like that yeah. and then i thought 
there's a little bit of liability associated with that. I'm, I'm encouraging more consumption of alcohol. Um, and then these individuals have to get home at the end of the day. The, uh, and then I had, and this is right after I had a guy break his ankle during the golf outing. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were, they were driving down, down a hill and he had, and when they say keep your arms and legs inside the golf cart at all times, that's not a joke. This sounds like, Hey, some of those warnings where they're like, Hey, don't stick your head in here. You're going to get your head cut off type of thing. Like an obvious thing. When they tell you to keep your arms and your legs inside the golf cart, keep your fucking arms and legs inside the golf cart. So, so he didn't keep his leg inside the golf cart and the golf cart turned. He didn't. And then yeah, and broke off the arm of the golf cart and, and broke his, broke his ankle in a number of spots. The, uh, so I was like, you know what? We got to be a little trend, a little bit more on the careful side. That's, that's when I pulled the closest to the keg off of the course too. We had a contest where we had a keg out in the middle of the course and the closest tee shot to the keg, um, would win a prize, but it was also a full keg. So, I mean, as you're going by, you can pump it and drink it. Right. And, and I'd like to start close to that hole while the keg was still cold and had ice on it. Cause if you're playing on the, if that was one of your last holes, you're going to get some <laughs> warm, shitty beer. Right. Yeah. But it's like, oh, we're gonna, we got to reel it back in. We don't want to have some of those things out there with, with the potential ramifications that it might have. Very loyally of you, Dylan. I, I'm a tinker. It's <laughs> good. And then, uh, we changed and we changed the uh, the beneficiary this year. the The first five years, we raised we raised thirty five thousand dollars for the hospital, um, and uh, and that was good, but it wasn't really dad focused. I mean, he had no affiliation with the hospital. I mean, he he died of a of a heart attack, but he wasn't even in Alpena when he when he died. He was down in Holland, um, so I mean, he didn't use the services here. It, it but it, it was we were looking for a beneficiary, basically wanted to get together for a party and raise money for something. And, and there was, a, it was a good cause. Um, this year and moving forward, um, we're raising money to benefit local youth sports. So as a, as an example, had a, a, a girl that's in foster care, she's 11 or 12, hasn't ever been able to play softball and she's wanted to play softball. So her, her foster parents registered for, her for softball and pay the registration fee um but she didn't have any of the equipment so the her foster care worker contacted me and said hey uh, is this something that that you can do and i said yeah that's awesome so we so we donated 120 bucks or what have you so she can go and buy cleats and a glove and a helmet and a face mask and all those things you need to play softball and i felt better or was more excited to write that $120 check than I ever did writing it an $8,000 check. So it's, it's kind of exciting move forward. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's really great. Yeah. They wanted to get kids more opportunities, get, make sure they have good equipment um, and, uh, and improve our, improve our, our scene. Cause we get some kids out from behind screens and out, playing more sports would be would be nice 
Yeah. And that's that type of thing is something that you don't really think about, but um, you know, kids in those, in a situation like that and a lot of different situations, that's uh, something that, you know, not budgeted for necessarily. No, we, and and last fall, we kind of got it kicked off. We, we sponsored, there was three siblings who were all in foster care and, and we, we sponsored them, paid their registration fees to play soccer so, I mean, doing things like that, getting kids opportunities that they wouldn't have, um, trying to turn a bad situation and into having some, some, some positives. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. So we're, we're rolling now, but this week is kind of a shit show because not only of my, whereas Chelsea and I are trying to make sure we got all our last minute things tied up, we got, volunteers we got to coordinate and prizes we got to make sure are locked in and sponsors that are locked in and all the equipment and things that we need for the golf outing but then we're also working full days so yeah life doesn't stop (laughs) no and then and then we got we're in the throes of baseball season so like this week braylon had a game on monday jackson had a game on tuesday braylon plays tomorrow jackson plays friday so we got four games this week and uh, fortunately we don't got a game on Saturday. So that worked out. All right. Yeah. God, I can imagine life's busy for the next like 15 years for you pretty much. Oh, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> hey, well, let me ask you this. Uh, someone who um, you're full this weekend for golfing, but, someone who can't make it this year but maybe wants to either get involved or like donate or something uh there's a website correct yep jeffwallacememorial.com um they can uh, go through the website and there's there's contact information for uh, chelsea and i so they can reach out to either of us you can call the office um 989-262-0062 or even just shoot me a message on Facebook um, and uh, and be happy to, to get you incorporated. I mean, what I like to do is try to, we try to just make it fun. So, I mean, we do a lot of cool prizes, which are from the generosity of our sponsors. And we do a lot of door prizes and we, and we, we put a lot of money into it to make it enjoyable um, and I, and I think that's why it's taken off when in a time where golf outings are kind of dying down, um, and every, cause everybody's doing them. So it's hard to, hard to get 20 teams, let alone 32 teams. Um, we're, we're, we're doing well. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And if, I mean, and like, yeah, like we said, we're full, but. I've already pulled one team from the wait list to fill a to fill a spot. I've added a solo to a team that that lost a fourth player. So I mean, there's always if you if people are interested in playing, contact me because there might be an opportunity to get you in last minute. Um, but otherwise, always looking for volunteers, always looking for donations. Yeah, and uh, hopefully next year we'll, we'll be into. Whatever reason I don't find myself, I should get out of summer anymore, which is really stupid. That's the best time to be in, Michigan. <laughs> right? I don't want to be there in November, or December necessarily. Right. 
come come in February when it's polar vortex is killing people. Yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully I avoided that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the that's this is the best, and the weather looks great. For, we've had great weather every year for the five first five years, and this year, right now, it's forecasted to be seventy two degrees and sunny. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I'll take that. Lock so that the sun has come out in, in Altina, then? Uh, not much. Like, today it was, like, 52 degrees and windy. Uh, I would, uh, between you and between talking to you and my parents, uh, it, was, it was, like, I didn't know if I was going to get a picture of, like, a snowy driveway on any given day in May. <laughs> it's May's been shitty. We had two, we had, we had a, it was Memorial Day weekend. We had two absolutely gorgeous days. One, one day, I think it got up near 80. And I mean, we're all wearing shorts and t-shirts and playing, playing outside. And then on Monday, it's raining and 50 degrees. And then we got a frost advisory and I'm thinking, <laughs> holy, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It snowed in uh, Colorado too, like two weeks ago. I saw that. I think I saw your sister say post something on Facebook that, uh, mm-hmm. that they had a snow day or something. Crazy. Oh, crazy shit. Well, what else? Nothing, man. Cockasses, I guess. Yeah, let's get into cockasses. You, you, you start us off with who's your cockass of the week? Okay, so I actually wrote this down a long time ago because I thought it was really stupid. So it's 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 slightly out of date, but I'm gonna go. That's with all right. Um, this is when the sharks were still playing, and um, the announcer t- talking about Joe Thornton. So my cockass of the week is um, like sports people who do this, which is there's far too many of them. Uh, he's talking about Joe Thornton, and he says, "quote It hasn't been said." but the guys are playing for Joe. And then later on, he says, you get the sense the guys are playing for Joe. It's like, how do you, nobody said that. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, Joe Pavelski skates to the corner and gets the puck. Like this announcer is like, you know, it seems like he did that for Joe. Thorne. Like, it just seems that way. Like, where do you get that stuff? I, the forced narrative in sports, I guess maybe that's the bigger thing that annoys me, is the forced narrative in sports that, like, there always has to be a story. And it's especially bad in hockey. Like, when a team loses, you always hear people go, well, they didn't want it enough. Oh, right. Or they weren't gritty enough. And it's like, uh, I mean, there are teams that just aren't as good at hockey. That also is the case for all but one team at the end of the year. So... Um, I just thought that was really stupid. I'm just kind of tired of hearing stuff like that. And you always hear it about the guys who are like aging, and it might be their last playoff. Yeah, no, I I know. I yeah, I'm with you. Because along those same lines, I mean, this this isn't my my cat cast, but it follows that same that same trend as as the stories that are just. I mean, they're purely manufactured. I mean, because there's. There's no, nothing supporting some of the takes that these talking heads have in, in the in the professional sports analysis world, and they're just they're just looking for viewers, looking for readers, and they manufacture stories just trying to generate views and clicks and whatever else um, that there, there's absolutely no truth um, 
no truth uh, in in the matter whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's the 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 recent the recent one. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but he's 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 on a show on ESPN, and he had he said he came out and said that in I forget which year it was, but it was the year that Golden State uh, played Cleveland in the finals, and Golden State won, and they were doing the finals MVP vote. And it was Andre, he, he was saying that Andre Iguodala had four votes, LeBron James had four votes, and Steph Curry had three votes. And then all the voters got together and, and basically said, well, we don't want a player from a losing team to win, so we're going to give all the Steph votes to Andre so that way he wins. And, and so he came out and said that, and then he had, he had <clears throat> two, of the, two of the voters, one being Marcus Spears, and and the NBA saying, this is bullshit. I mean, Andre Agudala had seven votes. LeBron James had four. He won. There was there isn't time for any of these people to get together and try to coordinate something like that. And then he came out and apologized that it wasn't it wasn't truthful or or he didn't. I'm like, how? It's purely speculative, but it's but they project it as being factual, right? Yeah. That's it's just fake news, is what it is. Yeah, sports has always been. You know, sports is always one thing. There's always people kind of doing that to one degree or another. I think it's gotten a lot worse. ESPN is blamed for that, but uh, now it's like the news is like that. So that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then and then you got guys like Skip Bayless. So you know if if. If LeBron does something, he's going to come out and say something about it. And then you got Colin Cowherd, who, if Baker Mayfield says something, he's going to come out and talk about it. And it's just give it a break. Yeah, find something better to do. The uh, my cocky ass because I'm I'm in the th- deep into baseball season, as I said earlier. Our parents are ruined sports for kids. I got I'm. Uh, so I'm coaching both boys' teams, uh, Jackson's machine pitch team and, and then Braylon's t-ball team. And <clears throat> I'm also the t-ball director. The we So it's t-ball. It's not competitive because it's t-ball. We've got preschoolers and kindergartners who are playing t-ball who, if they make it through a game without – eating dirt or crying or rolling in the gr- rolling on the ground or even if they roll on the ground just a little bit it's it, yeah, it's the, chalk it up as as a as a good day the there there's a couple teams that take it a little bit too seriously which is which is fine i mean you want to you also want to prepare them for the getting into the older division. So there's some development to it, but the development's like, Hey, this is how you swing a baseball bat. You don't swing it when other people are around you. This is how you throw a baseball. This is how you try to feel the baseball. It's not, Hey, you made an out. What did you learn from that? What are you going to do better next time? Uh, This is a four-year-old or a five-year-old trying to get the first base if they if they make it there and they're happy they happen to be out good for them for running 
let them go sit down. Don't lecture them about getting out or running harder or running faster. <clears throat> They're also trying to make force outs at home. So the way T-ball works is you bat through the order regardless of how many outs there are, and, and you rarely make an out. So you're so for a large part of your inning that you're hitting, the bases are loaded. Okay. There's no catcher because it's T-ball. Right. So the, a lot of the hits that the, these kids have go to the two players that are pitch are playing on on the sides of the pitcher mound. So they they they're play on one each player plays on one side of the pitcher mound. They get the majority of balls because it's t-ball and the majority of kids can't hit it past there so these kids they're having their kids field the ball at the pitcher's mound and then race to home plate to beat the runner from third to get the force out at home oh how many, see, how many really strategizing yeah how many times have you seen that play made in any age group older than t-ball right Zero. You, you pitchers never going to make a force out at home unassisted. I mean, you might make a you might make a force out at home, the uh, throwing the ball to the catcher, right? But unless you got Prince Fielder on third base, you're not beating any of those runners from from the pitcher's mound uh, to uh, to home plate. That's and then and then they and then they get jacked when they made an out. All right, I'm like. You know, they had to take like six steps to the kid who wasn't paying attention on third base, looking at some seagull dropping a deuce out in center field. They're not, they're not. Come on, it's T ball. Let's, let's, let's get it together here. Uh, Is there a lot of, just a little bit of this? There's there's a couple teams, and, and I think, and, and I've talked to the coaches and I mean the the our very first game this year, we on opening day, the the team that we were playing against, our game was an hour and a half after the parade. Their team took the field right after the parade and practiced for an hour and a half. And I'm thinking, you got a bunch of five year olds. How are you gonna hold their attention for two hour two and a half hours? Because the T ball game is an hour long. And plus why do you want to do that? <laughs> right. That's like almost a bigger question. <laughs> no. And then, and then after after that game, they had all their players line up on the line, and then they one, two, three, and then they all said thank you to the parents. So as I'm walking after we're done shaking hands, and they do that, I go to the parents of my kids. I say, "We're not thanking you," <laughs> and, they, and, and they 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 all they all laugh because they knew it was a joke, uh, but. Uh, just like a little bit too much, and it and they're if they're having fun, they're fine. If the kids are enjoying it, then fine. But it's 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 an element to it that I'm just like, you gotta quit being such a tryhard and just well, let's, let's get through this next hour. They probably, I'm sure, think that they're for the kids who want to pursue it or whatever they're like putting them on the right track but they're also probably turning some kids off to it who don't want to take it so seriously or whatever but and, and you can give this specialized attention to those kids that that are 
show some acceleration or, right. or I mean, I mean, in that age, usually if it's a kid that's excelling, it's because they're on the older side and not necessarily because they, they have, have any kind of talent really. Uh, <laughs> and they're just, and they're just more developmentally ready. Um, I mean, my, my team is way young, way small. So I, I might have a little bit of a jaded opinion this year just cause it's, it's, it's been a challenge keeping kids off the ground and not digging in dirt and, and what, and what have you. When, when Jackson played T-ball, I think we had one preschooler, two preschoolers on the team. The rest were kindergartners. Th- this team, we got three kindergartners and everybody else is a preschooler. You know, we, they're all good kids, but it's just, just not being at the same mental stage as some of the others. Um, yeah which is, I mean, it comes to territory. And I, and I should have seen this column, but this last game on, on Monday, I, so I, when I'm being the manager, you're setting up the tee for the next hitter and you're showing them, getting them set up right so they, they make a good quality baseball swing at, at the ball. So by the time that I put the ball on the tee and then just take one big step back to get out of the way, this girl cracked me in the thigh. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, I'd like to think that I was pretty macho about it because I just picked up, I just put, got, got her set back up and backed out of the way, and I don't know that many people noticed because I told my assistant coach afterwards, like I got cracked in the thigh on that one. He's like, I thought so, but I couldn't really tell. I'm like, hey, I did that, I did that pretty good that if, if people didn't really notice, especially the coach, so. <laughs> But it was bound to happen with this team. I knew somebody was going to swing when they wouldn't weren't supposed to be swinging and and get me. Yeah, I just was just glad it wasn't in a more sensitive area. I was just going to say you might want to be wearing a cup there. That's what Courtney said. I said we're done. We're done having kids. <laughs> I'm risking it. I'm risking it. What's the worst that could happen? Yep. Well, every, every podcast now I'll ask you how that's going. Yeah. Where'd you get cracked in the nuts yet? <laughs> Where'd you get hit this time? <laughs> uh, good. I think. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's my cock ass, those, those tryhards. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't, anything else? No, yeah, man. No. Yeah. Uh, well, it looks like Toronto's going to win this game, but everybody will know that by the time this comes out. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah, they're it's not breaking with, with a minute to go, and Gold State is in that scattered defense, and they just hit another. Toronto just hit another three. So, yeah, yeah, this yeah. one's done. Yeah, all right, man. Well, let's let's. I'll do my best to help keep this regular too, so we can get these things out and keep moving forward. I got that banked material too that I got to go through, and we'll use some some of that stuff because. We had some good stuff on Robert Kraft and, uh, <laughs> oh, man. yeah, I actually forgot about that. Um, I was thinking about blackjack, but we, we, I hope we didn't watch blackjack for nothing. No, there's no way we're going to, we're going to chalk that up to watching that for nothing because that would be, um, just, just a pure tragedy. Cause that was two hours of awesomeness. <laughs> so if you have a beautiful, but yeah. 
if you, if you haven't seen Blackjack, go watch it because we're going to be reviewing it at some point in the future. Yeah, it's you a good movie. Watch it, and it's it, and it's it's a solid movie. Dolph Lundgren <laughs> did did a knock up job. Um, I'm it's almost a tragedy that he didn't he didn't win an Oscar from that role, or did he? <laughs> Man, I don't watch those award shows. He could he could have won something. Your quotes would have been on the movie poster because it would have been like the only positive thing said about the movie. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren does a knock-up job. Dylan Thomas. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get, I'm gonna go back on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. I think that's where I watched it, and this it's already gonna be added on there because Amazon's listening everywhere. If you got an Alexa, so they're gonna add, so they're gonna add that quote on there, and and then they'll get people avoiding it. <laughs> Dolph, Dolph does a knock-up job. Dolph, Dolph Lunger does a knock-up job. Well, I know that's a lie, so I'm not watching that movie. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, well, well. well, I'll give you a recap next week on, on how many beers I drank this weekend. Uh, what's, what's the over-under? Are you going to keep track? I'll keep track. Of just beers? Just beers. Okay. And you take that's, easy. that's easier. Then I, I, can, I can just put, I can just put uh, tops in my pocket. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah we'll say it'll be, it'll be some variation of a light beer, whether it's Bud Light or Coors Light. Okay. You got, a, you got an over-under number for me? So how many how many hours outside are we talking? Um, so we'll we'll just talk Saturday because there's going to be beers drank on Friday too because that's when everybody's getting into town. But let's just talk Saturday. I'll be in play mode from like ten until like six. Okay. Um. Ooh, yeah. You told me you want to. You want to be. Gotta be a little bit conservative. So I yeah. Presentations after afterwards. I'm gonna say eleven. I think that's a solid number. Okay. Oh, okay. I think that's because you're talking. What, eight like hours. First. First three are gonna go down like probably first hour. Hour and a half, yeah, and then you coast would be my guess. Yeah, and then and then once the golf outing is over, is that's when you get back into it again. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good number. I wrote it down, so <laughs> that's my goal is to beat it. Oh, okay, that's that's <laughs> so you're taking the over then. I'm taking the over. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll let you know. I'll let you know next week how it goes. All right. So the line for anybody who wants to, to bet on Facebook, the line is eleven and a half. And I'm taking the under. <laughs> oh, that, I might have to put that when when we share this and publish this. Is that oh, there you go? That the line's eleven and a half. Ah, <laughs> right, good deal. All right, that's that sounds a good way to end it there. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk to you later then, man. All right, later. Uh, bye. Oh, you know,
Thank you for listening to Two Guys, One Internet. Later.